If you're looking for an insider's perspective on the Oregon hire of Dan Lanning, well, today we've got Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network. It's Locked On Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time. Once again, welcome to Locked on Ducks. I'm Spencer McLaughlin, your host. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with your team every single weekday. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review wherever you are listening right now. Always helps with the show and always nice to know that people are liking the show. That is, of course, part of my job here. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. All right, housekeeping items all out of the way. Joey Mack, Joey McMurray, his full name, but goes by Joey Mack, part of the trio of Jerry, Georgie, and Joey in the Oregon Sports Network. Duck fans will know him, had an outstanding conversation about the Dan Lanning hire, and it will not be the last time he comes on the show, so let's get into it. Here we go. Great to be joined on the podcast today by Joey McMurray. Oregon fans may know him better as Joey Mack, the director of broadcasting for the Oregon Sports Network. He does the play-by-play for men's basketball and baseball. You hear him on the sidelines for football. The uh, third of names that you hear in the trio of Jerry, Georgie, and Joey. He hosts the athletic department's daily show, Duck Insider. Great to be having my man Joey Mack on the pod. Thanks for coming on, Joey. Hey, you bet. Spencer, I got to tell you, I know that this is this is fun for you that you get a chance to talk about the Ducks after after your career so far. And this is fun for me, man. It's cool after talking with you. God, what was it? Two years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was was about two years ago. The first time we got connected when I was uh, when I was still in college. That'll date me for all the listeners who don't know how old I am. Well, I mean, hey, you're going to be 29 for the rest of your life as soon as you turn 29. (laughs) So I'm closing in on that number, Spencer. All right. So once I get there, I'm just going to be 29 for for the rest of my life. So it's all right. You know, you'll get there. But no, this is cool, man. This is uh, this is a good time. It's always fun for me to see people that are passionate about broadcasting, passionate about sports, and, and they get some opportunities. So I'm glad that you're able to do that. And let's talk Ducks, huh? Well, I'm happy about it as well. And a uh, good time to be a Duck fan and kind of the perfect time, as I said on the first episode of hosting Locked on Ducks, uh, kind of the perfect time to be hosting this show, right? As there are a few, uh, few things happening around the University of Oregon. Uh, when Dan Lanning would hire, was hired, Joey, what were your initial reactions did you know who he was was his name getting thrown around inside the university more than you know the public maybe knew because from an outsider's perspective it kind of came out of nowhere but it it seems like all things are going in the right direction right now but curious as to your thoughts well yeah it's been a slow few news weeks for you hasn't it been a really (laughs) really slow few news weeks i'm struggling to come up Uh, with segments yeah, no kidding. Me too. It's been uh, it's been one of those weeks. Well, so all right, I'll give you the full the full story. One, you know, just like any other fan, the first thing that I do, Spencer, is I go look at at what all the the, the top names were at the beginning of the season, right? Like who, who, whose names were on the like these are going to be hot coaching targets like these guys are going to be on the hot board right well if you go back and look at all of those I mean Dan Lanning's name was at the top of a lot of those lists and and I think 
that that says something. And, you know, Rob Mullins, Oregon athletic director, got asked, like, when was Dan Lanning's name on your radar? And he just looked at the reporter and went, well, his name's always been on my radar. When you work in this business, you're, you're, you're keeping track of of these names and you always have a list of names in your top drawer because you got to be prepared if something happens. Right. That's just what a good manager and what a good leader does. I mean, I do that. Right. Like if we ever have an opening for broadcast stuff, I have a list of names that I'm always thinking about like that. That's just the way that it works. And so, you know, it, it was actually really interesting for me, to be honest with you, Spencer, because I was knee deep in doing basketball stuff while it really started to heat up because these coaching searches take some time, right? Like, so Rob Mullins does the press conference on Monday. That's like, okay, here's when the search going to start. Well, then it takes a few days for the search to ramp up. And then I'm traveling with the men's basketball team down to Stanford. So when all of the Twitter spaces are are going on and, <laughs> and, and fans are just, you know, freaking out over who everybody's going to hire and what everybody thinks. And, and then Dan Lanning's brother ends up in one of the Twitter spaces. I mean, Spencer, I, I wasn't in the Casanova Center when all that was going on. I was in a hotel room in, in Palo Alto. So me and Will Patterson, who's the sports information director for for the men's basketball team. And then one of my great buddies who went to Oregon with me, he, he was a college roommate of mine. He now works in the Bay area. We are literally sitting there eating dinner. All of us just like on our phones, refreshing like every other duck fan is like, it was actually kind of a surreal thing for me, just going through this process, being outside of, of the department, right? Like I was really processing it all as a fan because I truly, I know I host Duck Insider, but I truly had no insider information because I wasn't in the building while all of this was, was transpiring. So, but now to answer your original question, what was, what was my reaction? I mean, my reaction was, Hey, that's, that's an up and coming coach that a lot of people had circled on their hot boards. And I mean, they've had a historic defense at Georgia the last few years, a historic defense. I mean, you look at all the metrics of of points per game since he took over the defense. I mean, it is, it is just mind boggling how good they've been. I mean, I could sit here and take up your entire podcast episode, just referencing (laughs) statistics of, of, of all of the defensive stats that Georgia is number one in. And, And I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. And you know, he's a hell of a recruiter too. And I think that's what people love to see if you're an Oregon fan, because, you know, wish Mario Cristobal the best. He built a recruiting behemoth here at Oregon. And I think it was important for somebody to come in and, and be able to continue that momentum for sure. Yeah. And I think that that's something that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know, certainly some Oregon fans might feel burned by Mario Cristobal for, not staying past uh, four, four seasons, right? He was, he was the head coach and they thought he'd be longer. They thought he was the guy, maybe different than Willie Taggart, but he ends up going to Miami. And I think that what gets lost in there or forgotten is that the recruiting base for the University of Oregon and the profile has been raised exponentially, even from what it was when Chip Kelly was there and, and his run at Oregon right, is the recruiting classes were never anything as to what Mario Cristobal was able to to generate. And I think that showed Duck fans the potential for recruiting elite SEC-type players, typically speaking, is, is there. And I think that that's something that too often gets overlooked. And so, so another thing I want to ask you, when Dan Lanning was announced as the hire, the fans, I think, quickly, you know, with the Twitter spaces, which, as you said, has just been 
an incredible thing to follow, quite frankly, with all the stuff. And, you know, Joey Harrington was in there and former players, and there's just all this sort of stuff. But when Dan Lanning was hired, you know, people inside the university, the athletic administration, what was the internal reaction when they finally landed on, on coach Lanning as the next head coach of Oregon football? Well, yeah, I think the internal reaction was was really positive. I mean, Rob Mullins is the guy that knows all of this, right? I mean, he, he's the one that has to make these difficult decisions, and he hears from a lot of people. I mean, you you touched on, you know, Joey Harrington having his opinion and all those former players. I mean, Rob Mullins hears from all those guys, Spencer. Like, he he, he hears from donors. He hears from fans. He hears from alums. He, he hears from everybody. I mean, he... I, I, I can't even imagine trying to to take all that feedback like he does and, and then make a, a decision like he does. I mean, that that's why he's a good athletic director. That's why he's a good leader in general. So, you know, I, I honestly believe that the reaction was really positive. Everyone was like, man, th- this is a, this is young. This is enthusiastic. I mean, that's he's going to be what the third youngest FBS head coach next year. If, if everything kind of goes according to or head coaches stay where they are, I should say. And so, yeah, you know, I think, I think that that's, what's exciting internally is that, that it's a guy who, who has that sort of youthful energy and, and, and look at what, look, maybe the best example I can give of, of the energy and, and just the way that he's attacked it early on and inside these walls. So seven McGee, says on Twitter that he's going to enter the transfer portal, right? He makes that announcement. Yep. Well, then hours later, it's, hey, I talked with with Coach Lanning, talked with Don Johnson from the Oregon recruiting staff, and, and never mind, I'm going to stay. That was in a matter of like three hours that all of that happened. And I, I think that shows you right there the excitement inside the, the Hatfield-Dallin complex, inside the Casanova Center here. I mean, that, that's what Dan Lanning can do. Right. I mean, that that was recruiting that was recruiting right there with his current roster. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it was definitely a a good start. And uh, really, I think he's had an excellent first few days. We'll get to more with Joey Mack in just a second. But first, we take a quick break and then we come back. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. All right, we're back with Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network. It's Locked On Ducks. Of course, I'm Spencer McLaughlin, your host. So Dan Lanning, I think, has had about as good of a start to a head coaching hire for someone who is a new head coach as you could have. You talked about on the previous side of the break, you know, Seven McGee deciding to stick around. Bennett Williams decided not to go to the NFL and he decided to come back for another year. Harrison Taggart was a guy, a high school recruit, a four-star linebacker who was thinking about going elsewhere, but decided to, to stay committed to Oregon. I thought he represented himself very well in the press conference. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, listen to previous episodes, because I don't need to go into it again right now, but you know, what is the, what, what do you think about just the first few days that he's had and what does it say 
about him as a head coach that, you know, he's already getting guys to buy in in just the first few days while he's not even the full-time head coach because he's still getting ready for the college football playoff game. Yeah, I mean, he's doing two jobs at once. And, 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 and I will say just I, I think that that's how it should be to be honest with you, like look at Oregon's current staff, apart from Mario Cristobal, all of the coaches are finishing out the season through the Alamo bowl. Right. So some of them like Ken Wilson, awesome opportunity to be the head coach at Nevada. Well, he's going to be doing two jobs at once. You know, I, I think that's how it should be personally. I, I know that the coaching carousel is, it's really a wild cycle. I think that things probably will change because it's been such a wild cycle this year, but I think that that's how it should be. You know, Dan Lanning said it best that he owes his, his current players at Georgia his best to finish out a hopeful. If you're an Oregon fan, hopefully a remarkable run to a college football playoff championship. Right. I think all Oregon fans are Georgia fans right now. And then they're all not going to be Georgia fans when Oregon (laughs) opens the season against Georgia next year. So yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think that that is is really how it should be, that you should finish up your your current season, you know, and it, it's it, I think it's just fair to the student athletes. That's how it should be. Now, in terms of what his first few days have been, yeah, it's it's been nutty. I mean, he gets to Eugene on on Saturday. He spends as much time as he possibly can around the players. And that that's what he wanted. I mean, the first thing that he said to Rob Mullins when they landed in at the Eugene airport was how fast can you get me to the office? I want to, I want to meet the team. I want to talk with the team. I want to get to know the team. You know that I think that's how it should be. You have to have a dedication to the student athlete because look, I mean, Spencer, Dan Lanning, and even people like you and me do not have jobs without the student athletes, right? right? Without the guys that are on the field competing. So yeah, that has to be the focus. And and it is. And, and so, yeah, the first few days, definitely a whirlwind. They always are um, in any new job, but particularly one that has as much focus as, as a head coach of a football team. The uh, the contract got announced the other day, six years, twenty nine point one million, which is about four point eight five million on average per year, which to me seems about right, because. I think it would have been surprising if he'd been given one of the contracts, you know, like Mario Cristobal got or Mel Tucker or Lincoln Riley, because he is a first time head coach. But, you know, one thing I think Oregon fans should be optimistic about with regards to that initial contract he's that he signed is that it gives him plenty of money to put together a good staff. And we've already seen those hires start to come in as well. We've got uh, an offensive coordinator and a co-defensive coordinator, hired as as we're recording this that dropped, I think just earlier this morning, we're recording this on Wednesday. So what do you make uh, of the contract and the potential that it allows for that first staff to be put together for, you know, someone who's a first time head coach? I'm the first to say that, that I don't really do like the deep dive into contract study. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I saw some of the, some of the images of, of the contract from, from the board of trustees meeting. And it seems to me that, that it's, it's a number that seems fair, but to be honest, Spencer, I really couldn't tell you like, like, where does it rank in the PAC 12? I, I honestly don't know, like in terms of dollar amounts, but to your point about, how building a staff is very important. Absolutely. That's very important. I mean, you know, there's so much focus on the head coach search, right? There's so much focus on the head coach search because it makes, and then it kind of, yeah. And then it kind of winds down, but really the most important part I think of an, of a head coach's first month or so on the job is building the staff. I mean, the staff is, 
is paramount, not just for, for, for what happens on the field, but for recruiting. Right. And, and with the early signing period, as it is now with the carousel, you know, you, the ducks are going to want to have the right guys in place to then finish this recruiting class on the first Wednesday of February. Right. That's, that's going to be the focus. Right. So yeah, in, in terms of how the, the recruiting pool money, I mean, I'm not trying to say that that's not important. I just don't have the information to really tell you like, yeah, this is going to be the, the the best staff ever because they have this amount of money they're dedicating to it. Honestly, you're going to know more about that than I do, to be totally honest. Right. Yeah. And those names that I alluded to earlier, Matt Powledge is going to be the co-defensive coordinator, I presume, with Coach Lanning. And then Kenny Dillingham coming over from Florida State will be the offensive coordinator. They have a history together going back to their, their brief stint at Memphis under Mike Norvell, who is uh, currently not getting a whole lot of support from FSU Twitter and the Twitter spaces. I don't know if you've followed along with that. Uh, Matt Pallage, by the way, comes over from Baylor and Dave Aranda's staff. I like that hire, you know, because Dave Aranda was a guy who I thought Oregon might go after as their head coach. And I, I want to ask you about that, Joey, is the candidates that, you know, we, we speculated about when Mario Cristobal announced he was leaving and the names that got thrown out there. And then the ones that were interviewed, did any of it surprise you in a major way or did it play out? You know, obviously you didn't predict, at least I don't think that Dan Lanning would be the 35th head coach for Oregon football, but did it play out mostly how you thought it might, or were there any major surprises about a name that was in there or a name that was not in there? Well, I see all the same reports that, that everybody else does, right? Like I don't mute my Twitter during these things, but to be honest with you, Spencer, it's not my place to sit here and say how the process went because I wasn't in the room when Rob Mullins was making all of those decisions and taking all of that input. So, you know, and, and I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of fans over the years, and particularly when it's a big high profile hire like this, a lot of fans always ask me like, well, but are you allowed to talk about it? And I always answer that question with, well, I think allowed is the wrong word. It's truthfully that I just don't know. And it's not my place to, to speculate on how it all went down. Only Rob Mullins and, and the candidates know that. But I will say that, that Rob made it very clear that as a lot of these processes go, things kind of operate in parallels, right? Like you're going down the road with multiple candidates to figure this stuff out. And then he said, Dan Lanning rose to the top. So I don't have any insider information for you on that, to be honest. But it was, I surprised at, at some of the, the speculation that, that is out there and all the different opinions. No. And to be honest, if there weren't a lot of speculative opinions out there, I would be very concerned about the Oregon fan base because I've always said you would rather work at a school and work for an organization, work for anything where there is so much passion that people are going to have really, really positive things and really, really negative things to say. If nobody was saying anything, boy, that'd be a concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You want, you want people to care. You want buy. I mean, and exactly. Landing talked about that in his introductory press conference that, you know, it takes buy-in from everybody, from the fans, from the alumni, from the parents, from the players, right down to, of course, the coaches and, you know, everybody that's at the university. And I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you that you want people who care, even if that leads to some moments of, you know, maybe there, there starts to be a movement amongst the fans that is, is not actually logical, but is very popular per se about a, a coach or a player or anything like that. 
I would rather have that than just an utter lack of fan engagement with regards to the athletics, because it's, you know, it's a community effort, right? If fans, when fans pack odds and, and make a bunch of noise that carries over to players who then, you know, talk to other players or coaches and say, yeah, this is the sort of environment that you are, are able to come and play. in." so I, I definitely agree with you there. We will take one more break and we'll be back for a final segment with Joey Mack of the Oregon sports network. Stick around. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, and we're back with Joey Mack. Nice little rhyme there to kickstart our uh, our final segment. So, Joey, the the perception that I've gotten, at least from players and from parents of players, both uh, you know, recruits who are future ducks, but also players and parents who are current ducks has been very positive. And I think that anytime you hire a new head coach, you're not going to see anything that's negative, but am I wrong for having the perception that the amount of positive, uh, positive energy that's come from those particular people, you know, players and, and their families with regards to Dan Lanning has been exceptionally high would you would you say that that's that's accurate yeah from what i've seen yeah you know i i haven't personally had any of those conversations with with families but i do know that rob mullins has and and i do know that it seemed like at least following along with with the twitter spaces and those conversations that that it was positive and i i gotta say i mean that's a cool deal right when, when parents are are in there in those public settings truly i mean those are public yeah. settings and they're talking about how, yeah, this is this is great. Like, this is what it's all about. You know, that's the cool part with, with social media. When, when everything goes according to plan, at least with social <laughs> media, those are the cool interactions that come from it. So I have seen a lot of positivity. And, and you know, all you can do in, in moments like this is, is look at it as an opportunity. If you're a fan and it's like, you know, doom and gloom, I always am like, man, just give it some time. Like Rob Mullins has been very successful hiring coaches, yeah. very successful hiring coaches. Now I know there are some fans that say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about retaining coaches? And I, Hey, I get all that, but every situation's different. And, and I think that it's really, really tough. 
if you're going to sit there and tell me that Rob has not done a great job hiring coaches, then I just disagree with you. Um, but that being said, the fact that the parents are pretty stoked about it, I think that does say a lot, right? I mean, cause that's what it's supposed to be all about, right? It comes yeah. back to the student athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a good point. One I've made on the show about Rob Mullins hiring coaches as well. The last Oregon football coach, I'm sure you know this to have a losing record during his tenure at Oregon was Rich Brooks, who any diehard duck fan knows is the reason that Oregon football exists at all as a program with any sort of relevance. Now, of course, Bilotti had a great run and then Chip and the coaches we've had over the last several years, but it's been a consistent level of winning at to varying degrees for sure. But it's just been mostly winning under whoever is the head coach. And you do have to credit the administration when, when that's the case. You do. Speaking of past head coaches, at least in my lifetime, this is the first time Oregon has hired a defensive coach. Everybody else before has been offensive. I mean, Mario Cristobal was uh, the offensive coordinator with Taggart, and he's an offensive line guy. Chip, of course, we know is all offense. Bellotti is an offensive guy. Like, it's always offensive guys. What do you make of the fact that Dan Lanning is a former defensive coordinator do you think that was deliberate or do you think it, he just happened to be a defensive guy and was the most impressive candidate? Well, so a few things. I, the last time prior to Coach Lanning that a defensive guy was hired at Oregon, I think it was Rich Brooks. If you go back and, and think about that, Rich Brooks would have been the last guy who was kind of from the defensive side of the ball. And coincidentally, if I'm not mistaken, Rich Brooks was also the last guy hired that did not have head coaching experience, at least at the FBS level. Now, of course, Dan Lanning coached a third grade basketball team as a head coach <laughs> that he mentioned in his press conference. I love which that was line. Pretty hilarious. And he, I, I got a real kick out of that from Coach I Lanning. That, that, that made me laugh. But, you know, so I, I actually think that it, it is interesting. And this is just my opinion. Like Rob got asked about that a little bit, just like, well, did you want a defensive guy? And he kind of said, I mean, yeah, it was a historic defense that he's put together, but it's really, he just wanted the best guy for the job. I do think that the pendulum is starting to swing back toward defense a little bit. I mean, think about guys like Kirby smart, right? Kirby smarts, a defensive guy goes from Alabama to Georgia yep. has a lot of success. You mentioned Mel Tucker earlier. I mean, that's a guy who, has focused on defense at times in his career, you know, and, and Marcus Freeman just got hired at Notre exactly. Dame promoted as the DC and they could have promoted Tommy Reese, but they decided to promote Marcus Freeman. Instead, Brent Venables goes from Clemson to Oklahoma. I thought Brent Venables would never leave Clemson. And yet here we are. So I, I think you're making a great point. Yeah. I mean, there there's, and, and you just mentioned a couple more that I was thinking of. I mean, and look at look at Venables and and him going in there for Lincoln Riley and now Lincoln Riley's at USC, right? You've got an offensive guy there. And so, yeah, I mean, overall, I think the pendulum is kind of swinging back toward defense. You know, you look, what's the old phrase that we all learned when we were six years old, when it was like, I just want to score, dad. Defense, <laughs> defense wins, wins championships. championships. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, all in all. I think that the pendulum kind of needs to swing back that direction. And, you know, it, it used to be, I remember the conversations that, that, that would be had like in the chip Kelly era, even then Mark Helfrich era, it was like, if you're an explosive athlete, we're going to put the ball in your hands to score. Right. Well, case in point, DeAnthony Thomas gets recruited as a, as a cornerback and a halfback. Well, he ends up playing halfback at Oregon and, and that seemed to work out pretty well, didn't it? Yep. But 
that being said, I, I think that you're seeing more athletes that are that are playing defense because you are seeing now, in my opinion, at the NFL level, right? Look at Kayvon Thibodeau, for example. Pass rushers are probably the second most important position on the field right now. I think it's safe to say that in the NFL, the quarterback's the most important position. Some people would tell you that your left tackle is your second most important position and then probably your pass rusher. I'm of the opinion your pass rusher is probably the second most important position on the field. Kayvon Thibodeau, I hope that he goes and makes a boatload of money in the NFL as a pass rusher, and he should. So I I do think that the pendulum is swinging back in that direction. You're seeing more of the top end athletes playing on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would probably put, I, I would kind of say left tackle and, and edge rusher are kind of 1A and 1B in terms of most important positions after the quarterback. Because if you make the other team's quarterback uncomfortable, you're going to just, it just causes havoc on, on the offense. And right. you know, Thibodeau's either going to be the number one or, or number two pick in, in this year's draft. And I think he's well-deserved of that, uh, of that level of, of recognition. Last thing real quick as we wrap up with Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network. The Alamo Bowl later this month against Oklahoma. I, I'm only slightly disappointed that it's not going to be Bob Stoops against Mike Bellotti because what <laughs> Duck fan doesn't want to relive 2006? What a time to be alive. Uh, but what, what sort of opportunity do you think that, that this game is? Because Coach Lanning won't be on the sidelines, you know, what, what do you want to see from the Ducks and what do you think that Duck fans should should look for in terms of positives from the game? Yeah, it is an odd thing, you know, like you've got kind of parallels running where it's like Coach Lanning is putting together the future and his staff and then this staff is finishing it up with the current players. And, you know, and, and I, I think that over the next few weeks, we'll see a lot more as the Ducks are practicing right now in preparation for that Alamo Bowl before they take a Christmas break and then travel to San Antonio and continue practicing. So I, I am interested to just see what the what the roster looks like. First of all, you know, I, I don't know if, if everyone will will play, for example. But I think I think that this is going to be a really important game to continue to build some of the momentum with the young players. And and then look, you know, like selfishly, the guys that, that are playing in their last game in an Oregon uniform. There are so many guys that are in that category that just deserve to go out with with a great great game and a great performance. So yeah, the, it, it's odd, you know, both of these teams experiencing what they're experiencing, right. Where it's like, you're finishing up the, the season with interim staffs and then it's the new staffs are going to be there. They're not coaching in this game. It, it, look, it's odd. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So the positives that I want to see, I mean, first of all, if Oregon wins that that's big time, this is the first time actually in the Alamo bowl that two 10 win teams are playing each other, which I, that surprised really? me actually. Yeah, when the Alamo Bowl said that, that that surprised me that that there hadn't been a matchup of a couple 10-win teams because you'd think the second-place team in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 would often have 10 wins, right? Yeah. But it's never happened before. So this is a big-time matchup, and it's a, it's a matchup that if you look back on this game, and Oregon wins it, and maybe you see, you know, so, some of these young guys like Cardwell, like Bassa, you know, guys that have really kind of burst on the scene late in the season. And there's way more names to mention than that. If those guys can perform well, that gives you a lot of momentum into your offseason, you know? So that's what I want to see. And that's, I think, what what the Ducks want to see. And then for guys, like if it's going to be Travis Dye's last game, for example, just, God, it would be awesome to see Travis Guy just go bananas in this game. That'd be great. 
Yeah, it'd be even greater to perhaps have Travis die back for another year, but he has had uh, he's had quite the season. Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network. I appreciate you taking the time, Joey. It was great to have you on the pod, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, do this again in the future because I, I get the sense we could have gone on for about an hour and a half today. Hey, I, I love it, Spencer. Good to talk with you. Anytime you need me, let me know. And best of luck, buddy. All right. All right. Thank you very much. That's all for today, Duck fans. I will have another guest tomorrow, Clint Shamblin of the Locked On Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Give you his perspective on Dan Landing. So like and subscribe if you have not already. As always, have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.